Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL fantasy football podcast. Each week, my co-host, former Bears and Lions quarterback Eric Kramer, and myself delve into your fantasy football choices and hopefully help you out on your way to victory. Now, find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Well, the fantasy playoffs are well underway, and we made some right choices for you last week, but as always, there were some upcoming issues. We love Jalen Hurts, and he let all QBs account for Five total touchdowns, but he injured his shoulder and will likely sit out this week. So if he's your fantasy playoff quarterback, look elsewhere. And on top of that, you'll know by Saturday, since the Eagles play that day, because we have so many Saturday games. The other QBs we recommended through for four touchdowns each, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. And by the way, if you somehow have been on a deserted island these last few weeks, there's another QB now playing in San Francisco you might want to pay attention to Brock Purdy, who might be playing better than anybody right now. Um, it's possible no one's picked him up yet. And if that's the case, perfect option for you if you have Jalen Hurts. Um, uh, you know, they are playing Washington's defense, but now consider this. Washington's defense has to face San Francisco's running game, which is stout. And so I think Purdy would be a great matchup here for you if you don't have him already. Running backs, the second week in a row, Jarek uh, McKinnon rushed for over 34 fantasy points. Wow, out of nowhere. We did recommend them. That was good. And I like James Conner, and he went for 18 fantasy points. Well, I also mentioned the other Cook brother, uh, Dalvin, in, in that he would have rebound and have a good game. And he went off for 95 on the ground and through the air in receptions, had the one big key touchdown at the end of regulation. And then I think uh, – uh, Oh, yeah, with that touchdown. And the guy that, uh, you know, you've got to be paying attention to in Baltimore now is J.K. Dobbins, who went off for a second consecutive week over 100 yards, didn't get in the end zone. But while Baltimore doesn't have any consistent receivers, and that includes Mark Andrews now, I think uh, Dobbins is that hammer that Baltimore likes to use. Speaking of receivers, I liked Zay Jones, and all he did was catch three of Trevor Lawrence's touchdown passes, ending with up to 37 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Now, you love Jefferson, and 12 catches for 123 and a touch was all good. And George Kittle, who you were really pumping last week, who really uh, pushed, uh, led all tight ends with 27 fantasy points. And I love I loved Knox, who scored a touchdown and six catches for 98. But we both fell flat on Komet and Andrews as well as the Joku. So, you know, sometimes you just get it wrong. <laughs> You, you do, and I, you know, I mentioned Andrews earlier, but I think in Komet's case, it's Fields that got it wrong because he missed him on a deep over on a bootleg where had he thrown even a, a pass that would have hit him in stride, that was a 75-yard touchdown waiting to happen. And so I think Komet's still a viable option moving forward. And I think, as you mentioned, uh, Njoku, until Watson gets it right, Njoku's not going to be stepping up anytime soon. But the guy who is still there in Cleveland is Nick Chubb. 
Now, Andres, uh, the only one we have of significance is we mentioned Jalen Hurts, and you want to watch out for him because it's an injured shoulder, and he may play, but they don't need to have they don't need to win. You know, I mean, they've only lost what one game this year, and right. so he may just end up sitting out and get rested for the playoffs. And this week we have eleven Saturday games. Now that the college football regular season is over, and Saturday is Christmas Eve. Well, let's start with the Thursday games. Uh, Jags and Jets. I love to see Lawrence connect with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, but keep an eye on Lawrence. He's battling a toe injury. He's had it for weeks, but they're kind of really looking at it this week. Travis Antiani is uh, solid here too. Jets, I believe in Garrett Wilson, and I don't believe in anybody else on that team right now. And I think Trevor Lawrence has turned the corner now. He's now putting back-to-back games together, uh, and proof of it will now be, as you mentioned with the toe injury, can he play with that? I remember having a turf toe, and this is back in Chicago. Uh, they had to take a shoe, cut the top of the toe off, and then so I could fit my foot in there that was wow. was already heavily bandaged toe, and then put a mold, uh, put a mold and tape that over the top of it. So wow. you can play with stuff like that, but can you play well with stuff? And yeah. I think in Trevor Lawrence's case, we're seeing an ascension here. You got to keep it going though, even with injury. I assume in that game you didn't scramble very much? <laughs> Probably not. No, it was tough walking around. <laughs> well, Saturday, and I moved up the looking at the Raiders-Steeler game because this is a game I've been waiting 50 years for. This is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game against the Raiders, and Pittsburgh has gone all out. If you can watch the pregame festivities, because this game featured the greatest play that was voted in NFL history, for those of us who watched it live uh, without instant replay, wow. It was as confusing as anything ever. It is a must game to watch. And if, like I said, if you have the ability to watch some of the pregame, make sure you do because it is um, 50 years in the making. And this, you know, the Steeler franchise is going all out for this one. They're bringing anybody who's alive back uh, for the game. Franco Harris, of course. Uh, it was uh, Jack Tatum, Frenchie Fuqua, and uh, Franco Harris, and of course, Terry Bradshaw were the four main components of that play that. Uh, propelled the Steelers into the next phase of the uh, playoffs. And it really set the tone for the franchise. We're hoping Kenny Pickett's back from concussion, but either way, you want to play Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Uh, Steelers do have trouble stopping the run, so go hard on Josh Jacobs as well as Matt Collins and Darren Waller. Uh, expect the Steeler team this time out uh, really strong for two reasons. They need to win to keep Tomlin's streak of never having a losing season alive, and it is the anniversary of Pittsburgh's legacy. So much so that there's a statue in the Pittsburgh airport, as you know, of Franco's Immortal Catch. Yep. Uh, now, even though I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh, I too watched that game live with no instant replay. And uh, not many people outside of Pittsburgh and Miami, I guarantee you, will know that that next game was the AFC Championship game, which Miami won, uh, that propelled them into their perfect 72 season. Yep. And uh, as again, that's, you know, another 50-year milestone. And... Uh, so anyway, I, I think if we're guessing here or predicting who's going to win, I think it's in Pittsburgh. I think it's how can the Pittsburgh Steelers lose this game? Falcons and Ravens. I like Algieri and Patterson here, along with Drake London, who I really like. He had 11 targets last week. Ravens, I'm sold on J.K. Dobbins, as you mentioned earlier, and that's it. Nobody else. I was waiting to mention this until we got to this game, but I did say last week that Desmond Ritter would not have a good game against that same defense. Uh, <clears throat> so now I'm actually doing that, patting myself on the back. Uh, I've been more, you're right. 
Uh, lately, it's Algieri, is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, then Patterson uh, with the Falcons. Patterson, obviously, he's the kickoff return touchdown king. Uh, early in the year, he was their leading ground gainer. But I think things have changed now. They hand the ball off literally and figuratively now to Algieri. And so I think it's Ritter at quarterback. It's going to be throwing the ball. And Algieri going to be toting it. And like you said, the, with the Ravens, uh, I think it's pretty much J.K. Dobbins, and that's it. Lions and Panthers. Lions, Goff, St. Brown, and Williams sit the entire Panthers team. The other Lions player I would consider starting here is the guy everybody forgot about, including me, when T.J. Hawkinson went to Minnesota, and that's tight end Brock Wright, who last week only had one catch, but it was for 51 yards and a touchdown. And if we're judging fantasy quarterback tight ends, that's kind of our goal, isn't it? 50 yards and a touchdown. So got it. I kind of he's the other guy I think I'd play here as well. Yeah, fantasy tight ends are all touchdown uh, uh, prominent. That you have to have that touchdown because you know they're not going to unless you're Kelsey or somebody. They're just not going to get that many catches or targets for that matter. Uh, Bills and Bears. Pretty much all the Bills are solid, and for the Bears, I like Fields and Montgomery. Or I think their starts on this team. And for the reason I mentioned earlier, I'd also put Komet in here. This guy, all season long, he and Fields have had a connection brewing. And it's not because neither one of them are not talented. It's because they're both very talented. And I think uh, the issue for Fields last week literally was just throwing on the run. He couldn't do it. And so I think he's going to obviously improve on that this week and Komet for that reason, I think is a very good start here. And then also the Bears defense is actually starting to come alive and force Jalen Hurts into a couple of early interceptions. And so I think that while Josh Allen is now taking care of the ball, throwing it better, he's still susceptible to fumbles. And I think the, the Bears, you know, even though they this second half of the season have not been causing turnovers, last week against Philadelphia they did. Saints and Browns, Andy Dalton is serviceable, but to be honest, Taysom Hill's been getting the call. So if you have them, I'd take a tight end chance on him this week in the playoffs. Why not? Browns, Deshaun Watson is finding himself, and he might be worth a shot, along with Chubb and Amari Cooper. And Kamara, of all people, had his best game last week against the Falcons. And so uh, as one of the names, probably the best name right now I can think of in the NFL, Rashid Shahid, at receiver, uh, had, he's had back-to-back good games. I know this is a matchup not – we're not talking about offensive juggernauts here going into this game. But I do like like the, the two guys I just mentioned. And then uh, the other guy I'd throw in there for the Saints is Chris Olave, who didn't have a stellar game last week. But I think like Dalvin Cook did the week before his game when he was slow, I think Olave will come alive here against the Browns. Seahawks and Chiefs with Tyler Lockett likely out go hard on Metcalf and Fant. Kenneth Walker was back, and I'd stick with Geno Smith. Chiefs, all the regulars, including Smith-Schuster and Pacheco, who both had really good weeks uh, last week, along with McKittrick. The Chiefs always present a conundrum, don't they? I mean, they you do. know it's Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. Now Pacheco's coming alive, but who's the other guy? For me, it's Valdez-Scantling, because he yeah. got in the end zone last week. Um, he's been coming on. He's kind of had five or six games this year, and you never quite know which one it's going to be. But I think he's the guy, the other talented guy that's sort of next in line. And then you got the Seahawks defense, who last four, they've last four, they've lost, excuse me, despite a fast start, they've lost four out of the last five. And they've given up so quite a few points in those, that streak as well. 
Chiefs are just an embarrassment of riches. So he's just kind of look at that team. It's like, okay, who are you going to put in? Because they're all going to perform. Uh, Giants and Vikings. So just Barkley for me for the Giants against the Vikes and anybody in the Vikings is a go. I especially like Cousins. He seems to be on fire right now. Yeah, I'd say an, any NFL team that puts up uh, a combined 39 points between a second half and the overtime is pretty good. They've got some options there. And to me, Minnesota's got the three ones that you'd all love to have. They've got a great play designer and caller in O'Connell, the head coach. And then you've got uh, arguably one of the best fantasy quarterbacks this year in Kirk Cousins, especially lately. And then you've got weapons galore. The get other name I'd throw in there that's been coming on a little bit lately um, is KJ Osborne, who went off for 157 last week, got in the end zone, and then it's the second game in a row with a touchdown. Bengals and Patriots, all the regulars on the Bengals, although Mixon's been slow of late, so I think he's ready for a bust-out game, but keep an eye on him. Only Ramondre Stevenson, uh, the Pats, so yeah, you know, as he becomes their game. I mean, pretty much he's their game. <laughs> I, you're, you're right about that, I think. And then with the Bengals, it's T. Higgins, to me, that's kind of sitting, kind of laying in wait, where he's been really going off for several weeks, got an injury. Now he came back last week, and I think uh, like I said, he's the one that's ready to go off. And and their running game, which has been really good, uh, despite whether it be P. Ryan or Mixon last week, fell on his face against Tampa. And so I think, you know, one of those two is going to come busting out. And like you said, New England, it's Stevenson. He's really the only player offensively you can even mention on what's probably the worst coached offense in football this year. Ooh, that, 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 that's a slap, huh? <laughs> Hey, add up the stats, man. They yeah. got nothing. I know. It just, just, you know, and, and uh, Mac Jones was supposed to be the uh, second coming, and he still hasn't been the first coming yet. So, Texans and Titans, Houston, maybe Chris Moore. And that's only because he seemed to be getting targeted a lot. He had nine targets last week, but he only had four catches. So, there, there's some question marks there. But I, I mentioned it because he's a good possibility. Derrick Henry is the Titans' offense, so go with him, and that's about it. You're right. Uh, and I see no one. For Houston. Now that Damian Pierce is out uh, and in Tennessee, like we've known ever since A.J. Brown walked out the door, Henry is the man. Commanders and Niners, Johan Dotson for a new name, seems to be a fave of Taylor Heineke. So I'd go with both of them and Brian Robinson along with Terry McLaurin. Sit the rest. Uh, Niners, Purdy is worth a start if you need a quarterback, and Kittle and McCaffrey both solid, of course. Well, I, I'd say hold on here a second. Ooh, ooh. The Niners' defense is different. So oh, okay. uh, I wouldn't just start throwing starters out there against the other team or for the <laughs> other team. I mean, uh, so uh, very tough for me to start anybody here from Washington other than Ooh. McLaurin, only because I think Washington's going to be down early and stay down and they'll be throwing the ball. And that's also why I say don't start Henneke because he's probably going to be responsible for at least a couple touchdowns there uh, going the other way. Yeah. And, and, and then I think, I just hope that Ron Rivera doesn't hold that against him when picking a starting quarterback the following week. Eagles and Cowboys. Boys, well, go with the ground game of Pollard and Elliott. Go with Dak and Lamb and a renewed Noah Brown getting some game. Uh, Eagles keep an eye on Hurts. If he can't go, then rely on Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown a lot. Devonta Smith also solid in the passing game here. Well, you know, watching that game last week, the Bears versus the Eagles, Jalen Johnson actually for the Bears had a great game against A.J. Brown, and still A.J. Brown walked out the door with almost 200 yards receiving. And and so 
I, it's gonna if Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys decide to match him up like Jalen Johnson and the Bears did, that's gonna be a great test for Diggs. Um, uh, and I think like all the folks you just mentioned, uh, you know, as far as the Cowboys go, I like them all. Um, and the guy, if Jalen Hurts can't go, and it looks like he probably won't, Gardner Minshew is actually the backup, who's a pretty off, uh, accurate and confident gunslinger himself. You know, it turns out Sunday we only have three games, and it's Christmas morning. And for any of these games, I wouldn't disrupt your Christmas morning opening up packages under the Christmas tree at all. So uh, starting with the Packers and Dolphins, actually the best of the three. A.J. Dillon is questionable. I'll leave it to Aaron Jones, who is a must-play. Christian Watson slowed last week, but he's worthy of a start. I don't like Aaron Rodgers this week against Miami. I am good with Tua Waddle Hill and definitely Raheem Mostert. Well, I know I always defer to you on Steeler picks, but I'm going to go against the grain here. I think I like Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, okay. Down at the beach in Miami, are you kidding me, in December? And you got Watson as well, who's obviously I put my foot in my mouth earlier in the year saying he wouldn't get in the end zone, which he then did. He's he's turned into, I think, Aaron Rodgers' is more solid weapon right now. Uh, other than A.J. Dillon, who actually bulldozed his way into the end zone a couple of times, if he can't go, that's going to be an issue. But as for Tua and the Dolphins, all the ones you just mentioned, spot on. They went toe-to-toe with the Bills last week, and I see no issue with them offensively going forward against the Packers. I agree with you on Rodgers on one thing. He's going to get a lot of beach time, and I think too much beach time takes it out of him for Sunday. And it's Christmas. What can I tell you? Broncos and Rams. Oh, my gosh. Super Bowl Rams eliminated last week from the playoffs, and I am a sit on the entire team, and I have tickets for the game, and I can't give them away. Uh, pretty much the same with the Broncos, especially with Brett Rippon at the helm. Uh, Latavius Murray, I think, is your best shot here. The other possibility for this game I'll mention here is Cam Akers for the Rams. Uh, You've been liking back, him like, a lot lately, yeah. I do. He he brings what I what I recognize in David Montgomery as a just sort of never say die attitude. That's Cam Akers also. He went combined last night for 100 yards, uh, both receiving and running. Where you know he's got to get in the end zone. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, he lives for it. And so uh, I think again, other than him, I don't on either team see anybody worth starting here bucks and cardinals i'm going to throw out an interesting thing here interestingly enough i love the receivers gage godwin and evans but i don't like the guy throwing them the ball brady three touchdowns last week but he also had two picks and he fumbled twice i mean that's not tom brady and I, you know he's the receivers still came along good and i still like them but i i, I wouldn't put brady on the field this week at all cardinals is james connor again along with hopkins and marquise brown not the old Tom Brady. It's the new Tom Brady. That's and true. I think that's what everyone has to get used to. I wish I could start J.J. Watt, the defensive end for the Cardinals, because I see basically standing alone three sacks right there, like you said last week. At least a couple touchdowns, I mean, interceptions, and for sure at least one sack fumble. Um, I think that uh, on either team, it's hard for me to come up with a decent player. I know you got an allegiance to former Steeler James Conner, but and and rightfully so. But I think the one guy I would consider playing here for Tampa Bay would be Chris Godwin. I think he's somebody that they script plays for, especially around the end zone. And he and I think Brady do have a good connection. Gotta love those Watt brothers, huh? 
right? Go back to Wisconsin. Especially the yes. healthy ones that can play. I know. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, Monday, 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 Chargers and Colts, uh, the day after Christmas. Chargers, I'm going on Herbert, Allen, Eckler, and Williams. While the Colts, I like Pittman, along with Deion Jackson, and I like Moss, too. Uh, yes. On all the Chargers you just mentioned, especially Mike Williams and Eckler, and then do yourself a favor and say no to all Indianapolis Colts. Interestingly enough, and that'll do it. There you have it. Another edition of Kramer and Brill. Find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or my Bob Brill YouTube channel. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we will see you next time. <laughs>